in the world language podcast. I am speaking with Jennifer White. Jennifer White is a mother of five, teaches Spanish in grades first, second, and third, and teaches Spanish levels one, two, and three to high school students at the Donojo School in Anniston, Alabama. She is from the Dominican Republic, La República Dominicana, who grew up between New York City and Miami, Florida. Her husband is an Afro-Latino from Panama, and they both pastor an international bilingual ministry. They have many community service projects that help students gain more experience in moving toward college. She and her husband have a nonprofit organization called Bilingual Kids Incorporated, where they offer English classes, Spanish classes, and the opportunity to join the Aniston Youth Orchestra. Jennifer speaks at different events about Afro-Latinos, racial relations, and unity. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. This is actually my first podcast, so I'm really excited. Oh, fantastic. I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you decided to speak with me today about um, Black History Month and Afro-Latinx history and about what we can do to extend the, the curriculum, right? Extend talking about um, Afro-Latinos beyond February. Right. Yes. So, as you know, many people seem to want to only teach this topic during one month of the year, during mm-hmm. Black History Month, right? So, yeah. for you, why is it important to celebrate Afro-Latinx uh, Black History all year in our curriculum and classrooms instead of instead of just this month? Well, I think that just like Black Americans, they're Americans. So, Afro-Latinos are just Latinos. They should be included all year round and not just one month, because I think that the influence we have in the United States and in Latin America is should be something that could be celebrated. And as Spanish teachers, we can get enough material to teach it each month. So I think that, um, like with me, I try to even, even if I don't pick a month where I'm like, okay, I got to do some Afro-Latino here, at least I put the pictures that I post on my slideshows, the pictures that I put on worksheets, the stuff on my walls will be something that reflects an Afro-Latino instead of doing it just particularly, just particularly in February. Right. So it, well, that's important to have those, those representations, those images represented um, in your classroom all year round so they can lead to, yeah. to more conversations. Right. Cause you know, yeah. there's a lot of resources um, floating around about this time of year. Uh, about yeah. Black history and Afro-Latinx history, and seeing yeah. as you have that in your family and your husband is Afro-Latinx from Panama and you're from mm-hmm. La República Dominicana, um, how do you how do you bring that those aspects into your into your classroom um, throughout the year? Like walk us through that. Well, let me back up oh, a little okay. bit. Who, let me okay. back up. Who do you like? What demographic do you teach uh, in in school? Oh, okay. Well, the majority of the students I teach are white. I do have some kids from the Middle East. I have a very low percentage of African-Americans. I have a low uh, percentage of of Chinese students, of Russian, you know, very small percentage, but the majority is uh, white, white Americans and, um, and maybe the upper class. 
So I feel like I'm a representative. <laughs> like, I feel like, like, let me be the hero. I'm going to be the representative. If you're going to know a Dominican, you're going to know the best Dominican. Because my kids don't seem to run into Dominicans all the time or don't seem to run into Afro-Latinos all the time and build a relationship with them. So I feel like I'm, I'm representing my country and representing my culture by giving them the best of what I have. And like you said, how how do I walk them through it? I use my life. Like my whole life is Afro-Latina. So it's easy for me. And that's why I'm able to um, share it. Like, for instance, my daughter Lizzie is um, gonna is planning a quinceañera right now. Mm. So right now I'm all about, oh, my goodness, quinceañeras. And I'm researching. Um, we did a research on quinceañeras earlier this year. And I said, oh, guys, look at this. Look at the quinceañera of my daughter, Ariel, who's much older now. But I got to show my quinceañera of an Afro-Latina. They didn't see a sample of a lighter skin uh, Hispanic. They saw my, my daughter, Ariel, with her puffy, curly hair being the quinceañera. So, and that's something that I didn't even say it. I didn't say, oh, look at this Afro-Latina. I didn't have to bring it up. I want it to be something that's natural to their eyes, that when they see a girl like my daughter Ariel or my daughter Lizzie, who has, you know, that's just a puffy, curly hair, that they'll be like, yeah, yeah, that can be a Latina because they look like that too. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to do. So with the step-by-step with my daughter Lizzie, I involve my students in it. I'll say, hey guys, help me with a venue. <laughs> help me find this. Uh, tell me about this. And then in it, I'll say, well, you know what? That's when I can introduce the conversation. Most of the quinceañeras around here in Alabama are Mexican. And I'll tell them even names of some girls I know. I can bring out some pictures and everything. I even bring the pictures of my own quinceañera when I was 15. And they freak out. They're like, oh, senora, why? You look so cute. Your daughter looks just like you. You know, they bring all that stuff. But I just want them to know, like, yeah, Afro-Latinos can do a quinceañera, too. And and as I do this, I walk them through it. And I've already told my students, you're all invited. The whole school is going to be invited to my my daughter's quinceañera, which is in a year and a half. And and I feel a responsibility with that. Some people think I'm crazy and they might think that's too much. That's too much money. But I'm doing it so far in advance that I'm saving the money, my husband and I, because I feel that in the community, we're leaders. And as Afro-Latinos, we want everybody to learn. And this quinceañera is not just a celebration of our culture and our families. It's a celebration of bringing our friends and our students to come into our lives to see that we're normal. We celebrate just like everybody else. So everybody's helping me. I have some of the little kids are going to do a dance for Lizzie's quinceañera. And I have some of the some of the my students are actually going to be in her court in her, uh, you know, her damas and her caballeros. I have my students that are being picked. So now they're going to be immersed in my culture where I can't take them to the Dominican Republic, but I can take them to my quinceañera. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the ways that I involve my kids. The other way I do it is by food. I just love food and I love cooking and I love sharing my empanadas and my arroz con gandules and, um, and anything that I have, and I like to research the study of the foods. And I say, hey, guys, this used to be poor folk food in Santo Domingo. You know, my grandma used to make this when we had nothing else. And they'll eat it and they'll be like, wow, this tastes delicious. It's not a tortilla. It's not like a Mexican dish because they're so used to Mexican food. That is because that's all we have around here. You know, I grew up with, with Miami, which Cuban food, which I love to death. But here I have to like 
just overdo it and bring the food. Sometimes I dress up too. I have African attires in my in my classroom. I have I dress up where I always wear something ethnic, and they're like, "What is that? It's so colorful!" Oh yeah, you know, I'm from the island, you know. And even when I even have my air conditioner when it's hot. It's even a way of me bringing up why I'm Afro-Latina. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, guys, I'm from the island. You know, it's hot up in there, you know. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. And even these little things that I do, that's my personality. I feel like I'm constantly teaching them because my kids have enough, some of them have enough money to travel to the Dominican Republic. So I've even probably helped the economy over there because most of my students have gone to travel there ever since they met me. <laughs> so they're like, oh, I went to Santo Domingo. I met these people. They look like you. I told them the phrase. I told them this and I told them ojalá and all this stuff that we talked about in class. And to me, that's like the biggest thing in the world that they got to eat an empanada like mine and say that mine is the best. Yeah, that's a big deal. And then for them <laughs> to travel somewhere and say, oh my gosh, I saw people like you. I saw people lighter than you. The Dominican doesn't have a face. They're like, and then for them to discover that on their own is priceless, which all students can't do that. But the ones that can, it's like, to me, that's the biggest deal for me to be able to encourage a kid to tell their parents, hey, let's go to Dominican Republic this spring break. Why don't we try? You know, Senora wife's from there. She's special to me. So now that country is special to me. And that's what it's been for me. It's been like, you guys, you know, you, we have a relationship to, together. You're my student. I'm your teacher. And I want you to be part of my world. Not like I'm not the type of teacher that is like, I don't they don't know anything about me. <laughs> like you're mm. over there. I'm over here. Like I, I use it as a relationship, just like in the Dominican Republic, in Latin America, your doctor would be your, you know, the person who's a friend of yours, your teacher also. So I also teach them that, the culture. So I think that when my kids think of Afro-Latino, they're not going to be like, uh, what is that? Oh my gosh, your husband, my husband's really dark. So when he comes to class to visit me with flowers, they're like, oh, that's Senor Reynaldo or Senor White. And they already know him. They see him in the streets. They know him. So if I were to bring another Afro-Latino to come speak, they're not going to freak out and be like, oh my God, that person speaks Spanish, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. something that a lot of people get mm -hmm. get surprised about. But but pretty much it. That's what I do about, about immersing my kids in my world step-by-step right. step every month is just stuff that happens. And even in the news, if something happens, like we were watching, um, I watched uh, this show on Netflix called, um, oh my gosh, it's about the Exonerated Five. You know what I'm talking about? No, um, I don't know. It's about this. I forgot the name of the of the actor. I'm so sorry. But this was a story about New York and how in New York City, there were five guys that were wrongfully accused of a rape and served a bunch of time, jail time in in their in their city. And they were against them because they were black. Well, the main character was a Dominican. So I was able to show the kids the trailer of it. And I said, OK, since I do noticias every day as a as a bell ringer, then I'll say, OK, let's watch this trailer and tell me what you think. And then when I told them who it was, I said, oh, this guy's from Dominic Dominican you're Republic. Talking about, I think you're talking about the I think you're talking about the Central Park Five. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, As they yeah. see us or when they see us, I forgot what's it called. I mean, yeah, when they, I, I think it. you're right. But uh, it's the Central Park Five. But I can't remember the Netflix name. But yeah. Exactly. But see, that was a current event. And I was able to bring that in my classroom and say, look, that's an Afro-Latino. Hey, that's my cousin right there. You know, and I and I talked to them like that. And that's that's how I present black and black history and Afro-Latinos um, throughout the year, because it's my life and I live it. So, so it's it easy for like, me. 
It seems like to me that that you you really honor giving your students as much as possible an experience. Yeah. You want them experience exactly. your culture. You want to bring things in, such as you mentioned your your clothing and hanging pictures up and bringing food mm-hmm. in. You want them to yeah. experience. So it's like, speak a little bit about giving your kids that experience. What do you think, uh, since you teach predominantly white students, do they come with their own preconceived notions of what it is to be Afro-Latino? Like, what is your experience? Like, do they not have an idea what this is? Or are they surprised when they say, oh, a person with dark skin can speak Spanish? I mean, uh, what does that look like in your classroom? Like, do you have students that that are shocked or taken aback that that Afro-Latinos are like, whoa, I thought all Spanish speakers were light-skinned and... Yeah, I did have that. I definitely have that every year when I have the new kids coming in. But um, yeah, that's what happens with us. It's sometimes when I play a, a telenovela, and that's when I get mad. And I've already talked to Univision, wrote my letters to all those people <laughs> networks about, hey, why isn't there an Afro Latino represented? Like these these people are not what Miami represents. Like there's a telenovela called Silvana Singlana. And everybody, and they were writing something about how they have diverse people in that telenovela. And when I looked at it, I'm like, okay, diverse as in she has red hair, this one has blonde hair, this one's short, that one's tall, this one's a little chunky, that one's not. You know, that's what they call diversity. And I was like, man, like, wait a minute, that's Miami, Florida? I'm sorry, I lived there for a long time. And that's not what people, most people look like. And most people don't talk like that, you know, so they were they were confusing the dialect like they're supposed to be from this country, but they're talking like with Mexican words, you know, stuff like that. And I would show the kids this and then I'll stop it and I'll have to say, hey, guys, this is not a true representation of of Miami. And I will show them that. And then there's another Netflix um, show that's called um, it's about a witch. And the witch happens to be black, and she's from Colombia. Uh, siempre and, bruja, no? Sí, si, siempre bruja. And I'm like, okay, this is what they show for Afro Latinos. Does she look? What does she look like? And I always say, what does she look like? She looks black. Where do you think she's from? They probably casted her from Africa. You know, they start saying stuff like that. And I'm like, no, she's from Colombia. Speaks perfect Spanish. Listen to her dialect, even though I might not show the whole. You know, I just want to show a clip of what what she's doing and who the people are. I said, look, this is in Colombia. This girl is there. And then I would tell them my opinion straight up. I'll say, hey, I don't appreciate that on TV. They're always putting black people or Afro-Latinos as a witch or a bad person like Celia Cruz. We saw the Celia Cruz um, telenovela and they got to see how she was discriminated against. So actually, that's the first show that I showed was Celia Cruz because there's not much I, I have to say. Right. And when they they gasped because they were like, what? In Cuba, they have... Afro-Latinos, I'm like, we're everywhere, buddy. <laughs> like, you can't take us away from any one country. We're everywhere. And they did get surprised about that. So like, do you that's think, something that it's, you mentioned Siempre Bruja, and I remember at Actful this year that um, I think it was uh, a mixed panel with uh, Dory and Nora got, uh, Noah Geisel, mm-hmm. where they were talking about, they used that, I think, uh, Stacy Margarita Johnson, who has a fantastic podcast also, um, we yeah. teach a language. I think they were talking about um, how Siempre Bruja was written by uh, white writers predominantly. Um, wow. And I found that I found that interesting because um, even yeah. when we think about 
representation of Afro Latinx people. Um, mm-hmm. Who is telling the story? You're right. You know what right. I mean? Like who who is representing Afro Latinx people? Is it is it own voices, right? Or is it is it someone else telling someone else's story? I found that I found that interesting um, yeah. because sometimes we could look at that and be like, okay. But you you said it right. You're like I'm tired of my people being represented as witches or something something else exactly. negative, right? So um, that's right. And that reminds me of our of our annual convention in Axel. My first year that I went, I was so excited because I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a convention for Spanish teachers. We're gonna unite and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, let me find the the Afro Latinos or let me find any any presentations in here with black people. And I looked looked through that book over and over and found one. One person was presenting about how to teach African-Americans, and it was uh, a, a, a special interest group called African-American um, a SIG. And, and I'm like, huh, what? Okay, I'm definitely joining the African-American SIG because those are the people I can relate to the most. You know, I need to join them. So I made it a point to make sure I became a part and became a member of, of their group. And then I went to this talk, and when I went to this to this place, it was a tiny room. This lady was a phenomenal speaker and I was like, oh my goodness, she's awesome. And you, you walk in and it's merengue and you know, that's my type of music. I go in there dancing and stuff and I'm like, what, what is going on? And then I'm sitting next to this, um, this white teacher that teaches in Texas. And he told me, oh my goodness, I need more of this. Why don't they, I see, he says, I teach all black kids. How do I relate? Mm -hmm. And that thing, that's what, that was my aha moment right there. I was like, wait a minute. And I got mad. And when I get mad, I write letters. And I wrote a letter to ACPO. And I'm like, hey, this is not right. I don't like the fact that you guys have no music, no dancing. That's one thing. It's like, okay, <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about language teachers and we're not appreciating like the dancing and the singing and the and the you know, the music. Why don't you have that? And then the set, second thing was like, why don't you have more black representation? And they said, well, write a proposal. And that was my first time ever. I wrote a proposal. My proposal is the same title of my Facebook page, incorporating Afro-Latino culture in Spanish classrooms. So I wrote that proposal, got in, and then I had a spectacular turn. I had a huge room. I had like 200 people in there. It was humongous. It was awesome. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is great. And my group, my Facebook group just grew. Right. Like really fast, and then now every every um, February, my group grows by a hundred people because all hey, the Spanish a, teachers are looking. <laughs> give a quick shout out to your Facebook group. Um, I'm a, I'm a oh, member yeah. of that, by the way. Look at that! Well, shout out to my um, incorporating Afro Latino group. We have an awesome group there. We have great teachers that are always asking awesome questions, and the teachers who are always posting great informational things. Like I don't do everything on there. It's like it's a group. We do this together. We're in this together, and there's no shame. People ask questions there, and their questions get answered. And we collaborate. We share free resources on there. If you say you want something about something, somebody will give it to you for free. It's like really cool. So I really like how we're we're so united and we're able to talk about stuff on there. And like I, I told the group today, I said, I'm going to invite everybody to my to my daughter's quinceañera. So I'm like, oof, wait a minute. <laughs> I just invited 700 folks. <laughs> but I'm really, I feel connected cautious. to them. 
I gotta be cautious, but it's okay. I don't think everyone's gonna fly in from everywhere, so I don't think it's gonna happen. But <laughs> but just in case, you know. But just hey, in hopefully case, your I've, students will show up, right, and get that experience. I, oh, they will, because I have to give them credit for it, so they have to go. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, tie I'm making it, in, it a tie point. Tie it in, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm making a point that they have to go, so it's gonna be okay. They're they're all gonna be there hopefully, and um, my younger students as well. I'm gonna put them part as part of it um, because my younger students they still don't understand Afro Latino. They still don't. They don't even understand black and white that much so mm-hmm. my first second and third graders so if i say afro latino they don't know what that is right right they're like what do I? Right. so for now they see me i wear my hair really puffy and that's how i show my little kids the difference is my puffy curly hair i wear it to class and i will talk about it and i'm like oh you guys that that beautiful hair is so shiny mm-hmm. how do you like my puff ball you like my puff ball yeah we like that ball. it looks like a wig yeah it looks like a wig you know i make everything positive so i'm like yeah it looks like a wig oh my gosh i want one like that i want a wig like that i'm like okay i'll get you one and i have these blonde puffy wigs and i'll bring them the kids wear them and it's like, okay, they're just connecting with me. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. I'm just trying to have them connect with me that if they see somebody that speaks Spanish as brown or black, they're not going to be like, oh, uh, yeah, send you know white. Send you know white, black, yeah. It's okay. Right. So um, kind of, that's a, that's a lot of good stuff that you do. Uh, <laughs> so thinking about teachers listen to this podcast, right? Um, yeah. Uh, mostly language teachers, but not, not always. Um, yeah. What and kind of taking us out here to sort of the last question, uh, what aspects or materials do you use besides some of the ones that you've already named? Like, what can you tell teachers that are listening to this podcast? Some of the things that they can use going forward, not only just during Black History Month, but year long incorporating these stories into their into their classroom. What 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 advice would you give them? What can they use? What can they do? Okay, there's, there's, um, Teachers Pay Teachers does have a few resources, not a lot. And I'm in the process of starting my own page too, so I could bring in some, some, some of my experiences. But what I have done is really, I just research. If I, if I go on YouTube, research, um, my page with the incorporating Afro Latinos, we can find a lot of stuff there. Like, um, for instance, um, we were talking about Argentina, and then we went into a conversation with Hitler, and it was like, oh my God what Hitler and the Nazis and stuff like that but then it got me to the to the um point where I thought wait a minute Afro Argentinos is there a thing and then I just started going into that and started asking questions and I would google everything I would google okay are they Afro Afro Argentinos oh my goodness there's a story here about how they try to get rid of them um there's stories about that they're still here you know so that's how I end up finding resources is that I just research myself I don't have a lot where I can take from right now. There's not a lot of us out there. Um, there's, um, as far as the teachers that put out material out there, there's not a lot of teachers of color that speak Spanish that put Afro-Latino stuff out there. And there's a lot of, there are a lot of white teachers that do. Um, mm-hmm. So Martina Beggs put stuff out there. And um, there's another, um, Chris Mercer has a book. I just met him. He just joined my page and he wrote a book about um, in Dominican Republic, some young people in Dominican Republic, and the cover is uh, black kids. But again, the representation, the one who's writing the book is a, a white teacher, but he lived there for a while and he was able to immerse in the culture and he mm-hmm. was able to write about it. And when I found out he wrote that, I was like so proud. I was like, whoa, that is so 
awesome. Uh -huh. y, y nosotros, y nosotros, ¿por qué no nosotros? And that was my, my question. Uh -huh. Always is my question. Y nosotros, ¿dónde están? ¿Dónde están los afro-latinos? Where are they? Where are the afro-latinos? Uh -huh. Why can't we take a leadership role as, as, as the white culture where they like take it by storm? And I, I appreciate that about them. And I, and I admire that. that they take it by storm and they just run with it and do it. But how about us? Uh -huh. Where are we? Where are we? And that's my voice out there. Hey, come out. I'm going to come out too. <laughs> like, okay, I'm writing my book right now i'm trying to get my resources for teachers pay teachers because i feel like a responsibility mm. like i gotta be one of those that encourages the, my younger daughter like ariel she's i keep talking about her but she, because she wants to be a spanish teacher as well she's a freshman in college and i want to be able to give her the resources i have good ones and i want her to come up with her own and she's going away to panama to do a year in um Florida State University, or I mean FSU, and she says she's gonna do like a like a YouTube page about her day in the life of Panama and all that stuff. And it's good that I was mm -hmm. able to encourage her. My husband too. We were able to like motivate her to appreciate her puffy hair and and her skin tone and everything, not be ashamed and even show it with the world. Because I feel like she has a responsibility as well to teach. We have to educate. If we have this, if we made it to be a teacher and we're in front of students, I think it's time that we, we're leaders not just inside the classroom hiding out. We need to reach out to other teachers and help them out because what I've learned about the teaching community is that they want to learn. Mm -hmm. It's not like nobody's jealous of anybody. They're just like, hey, we want to learn what's this and what's it. And they ask questions because it seems like there's so many good teachers out there. Mm. It's true. Well, I think that yeah. I think that's good uh, recommendations, and I think that's a good note to uh, take it out with the question that you had when you said, uh, "Donde estamos? Donde está mi yeah. gente?" Right? Nosotros. Yeah, exactly. Donde estamos? Right? I love that. Yeah. I love that. Where we? Yeah, at? I have to say that, and it, it you know it breaks my heart. I get goosebumps when I say that because I'm like, "Wow, my folks, man, where are we for real?" It's like, "Where are we at?" Pero es verdad, and then eh? now, hay mucha gente verdad? blanco que quieren escribir sobre esa cosa, pero no. Sí, sí. ¿Dónde estamos? ¿Verdad? I, es verdad, ¿dónde estamos? I but but it. it's getting better. It's getting better because at ACFL this year, I was able to do Zumba in front of the whole thing. So I was like, <laughs> I wrote my letter, you know, I'm always complaining. Yo, what is this? Let me teach Zumba. Because they're like, wait, what do you suggest we do? I said, look, I'm a Zumba instructor. I've been a Zumba instructor for, for 10 years. Let me teach a Zumba class. And now they're going to incorporate a health initiative at the actual convention mm. um so they're gonna let me teach zumba next year and of course i'm gonna bring the african moves in there merengue salsa all that stuff and even arabic stuff whatever they have you know since it's a language um uh, uh, teaching uh conference and then you know when i said about those afro-americans and the afro-latinos now there's a lot more mm. more like kia london that she presented there's a lot more that are presenting and i was like well i can't i can't get to all of them but when there is one presenting you may not know but in our african-american sig we say hey support her she's teaching at two o'clock everybody get there right. and we drop everything we're doing we gotta support if they're gonna do it and they're gonna go out on a limb and and and, and then actually present what they have to present we gotta go out there and support them mm. and I appreciate that about teachers. I, I love being a teacher. I'm passionate about it. And I love my community of teachers. And, and but, but I feel like we have to step out more. At well least said. the Afro-Latino teachers, we need to step out more. So well said. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being on Thank the show you. today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Y nos vemos. Nos vemos. And you're listening to What in the World.
language podcast.